drinks of cola, rookie streakers, number geekers, bunch of podcast wisdom seekers, Ben and Tendy, Ben Revere, Garrett Richards, Risk Severe. I kick my league ten times a day, what else do I have to say? I've got what I consider to be kind of a weird show today. I could not find a central theme, so we just got a lot of stuff. We're going to talk about Christian Yelich, he's been awesome. We're going to talk about Randall Gritchick. He's been interesting. We got the Worryometer. We got Scott White. We got Chris Towers. I'm Adam Azer. Let's do it. What's up, guys? Chris. Help. Oh, Scott. Scott, you go first. I know you wanted to say hi. See, I, I got interrupted in the middle of hello, so it sounded like I just cursed out hell. of nowhere. That's how I begin the show. Yeah, see, weird show. <laughs> I told you. Weird show, yeah, Chris. definitely. Hell to you, Chris. Hey. hey. <laughs> I was going to just say a bad word. <laughs> and force you to have to bleep it out. Thank you. Thank you for uh, not doing that. But decided not to do that. All right. Well, I'm going to I'm going to start off the show with something that you probably weren't expecting. And something you're not definitely not going to agree with. Your 2019 bust parentheses that I reserve the right to change my mind about close parentheses <laughs> is dot 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 Carlos Carrasco. Oh, Adam. Carlos Carrasco will be oh, a bust next year. Why oh, will he Adam. be a bust? Well, because first, you, because you watched him in an April start and you thought his velocity was down. I have watched him <laughs> about six or seven times this year, and he doesn't really throw a four seam fastball. He throws his two seamer most of the time, and we already have established that he doesn't really have a good four seam fastball. Uh, he will be a bust because here's why. You tell me where you're drafting Carlos Carrasco next year. Or where you Probably think you'll rank him. my computer. Where, where do you think you'll rank him? Well, a top 15 pitcher. A fairly confident saying that. So that would probably put him as early as round four, maybe. At least in, in a, in a points league, maybe round five or six in Roto. Yeah, alright, Chris, how about you? Will you think he'll be top 10? With this awesome stretch now, do you think he's going to vault himself into that ace hood, ace material? I think he'll be in the 10 to 15 range, for sure. Yeah, bust. He has had the easiest schedule on planet Earth, and I knew it, and I said it. I said, you got to buy low on Indian starting starting pitchers. They have an amazing schedule down the stretch. His division is total crap. In his last 10 starts, 11 appearances, he has had a good start against a good opponent one time. It was a great start. It was six and two-thirds, two runs, eight strikeouts at Texas. The only other time he faced a good opponent, he was lit up by the hey, Boston Adam. Red Sox. Adam? Yeah? Can I ask you uh, four questions? <laughs> four questions. Manish sure. Do you think the Royals are going to be good next year? You know, I... I don't know. Yes or no? No. I see yes where these no. questions yes are going. Yeah. I've got three questions left. No. We need to get through them quick. No, no, Do you no, think the baby. Tigers are going to be good next year? No. Do you think the Twins are going to be good next year? Maybe. Do you think the White Sox are going to be good next year? Maybe. I think they might hit well. I got four questions for you. Adam. I rest my case. I got four questions, too. Uh-huh. Has Carrasco been a bust this year? No. Was he a bust last year? Uh, I honestly don't remember, but I, Was he a bust the year before? He's gonna was he get, a bust the year he before. Is, listen, all these questions is no. He is gonna get drafted. Exactly the same pitcher. He is gonna exactly get drafted to, he's gonna get drafted higher than ever before. 
people are going to expect him to take the DeGrom leap. If you draft Carrasco... This is a false narrative. Actually, if you're basing this on an idea that isn't going to, like, why no, would people I do know. that? He's been, he's been the same Honestly, Carrasco as Here's why, here's why. If you're, if you're looking for a bust that I don't want to be held to, go with someone who's doing something they've never done before, and that's not Carlos Carrasco. He's been Carlos well, Carrasco. Well, but if you look at the full season, but if you, if you look at, if you look at his last 10 starts, He's got a 213 ERA, a 16% swinging strike rate, 82 strikeouts, and 63 and a third. If you draft Carrasco to be Carrasco, you're going to be fine. If you draft Carrasco to be DeGrom, you're going to be disappointed. <laughs> Nobody's going to I don't do know that. about that. I don't know about that. I <laughs> okay, think... no, but seriously, like, <laughs> I'll throw out a couple. All right, all right. Jacob DeGrom. Likely to under, to not perform as well next year as he does this year, but we're gonna draft him based on this year. He's gonna be a second round pick. That's a guy who can probably be considered a bust next year. Now it's one of those like Alvin Kamara type busts where he's still clearly going to be awesome, but not quite as awesome as his draft value. Blake Snell would be Blake another Snell, Yeah, that, that was the one I was gonna say. Probably more like a mid threes ERA guy. Who might get drafted in the second or third round next year? I'll take him over Carrasco. And to be clear, I, I'm not suggesting Snell will be a bust. I just see the argument for it clearer than for Carrasco. By the way, of, uh, let's see, of 835 pitchers who have appeared in a game this season, Carlos Carrasco ranks 470th in opponent OPS, which is right around the middle. There is no evidence that he has had an exceptionally easy or difficult uh, schedule. Uh, okay. I don't know about that stat because if one pitcher pitches I mean, it's one game, true. yeah, but if one pitcher pitches one game, I mean, I th- I feel like I feel like the pool of pitchers is too big. Okay, what what inning threshold would you like me to go to? Fifty. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, but does that count relievers? Fill, fill some space. Does that count relievers? Yes. All right. So then, bump it up to like, like eighty, <laughs> so there are no relievers. You, you you got thirty-five minutes left with me, Adam. I'm just telling you, just putting it out there. Uh, okay, okay, okay. Uh, Tuesday standout, Scott. Who you got? Apparently, this isn't important enough. <laughs> we spent five minutes on it already. Six and a half minutes. Don't um, I'm gonna go with Tyler O'Neill. Woo! Yeah. Who, who hit his fourth home run in five games, and it was a moonshot. And this is exactly what he's supposed to be doing with his playing time, which has hit tons and tons of home runs. He was, if you project out his uh minor league stats over 160 games, it would have been a 65 homer pace. He's always been thought to have elite power. Uh, would there be enough contact with it? That was that was one question. But I think if Certainly, if you need help in that category, he's playing every day with Ozuna on the DL. I imagine he would get preferential treatment even when Ozuna comes yeah, off the Ozuna's DL. Ozuna's coming back on Saturday, by the way. Yeah, so uh, I th- I would uh, I would go ahead and pick him up now in the hopes that that happens. Okay, he's thirty. What did you say it was? Thirty-four percent owned, Tyler O'Neill. I didn't say. Okay, he's thirty-four percent owned. Now there's a big stat here: three walks, thirty-seven strikeouts. Does that mean yep. Does that mean he could be a, a total bust? Oh, to- I mean, yeah, it does. Um, but I am like, I think the power is even clearer for him, the power potential than somebody like Hunter Renfro. So I think it's a similar skill set, but O'Neill's a better version of that. So, uh, he'll also run a little bit. 
Yeah. Um, okay. So, you know, probably not a points league pickup, but specifically categories leagues if you need home runs. Very interesting. Would you rather have him or Randall Gritchick? Because, you know, Gritchick is so annoying. His his last eight games, he has like a 1,400 OPS or something. The eight games before that, he did not have one extra base hit. He batted 111 with one walk and 10 strikeouts. But overall, since the All-Star break, Randall Gritchick is batting 293 with eight homers and 894 OPS. So he's streaky, but, you know, it's really that one terrible eight-game stretch where he batted 111 without an extra base hit. Would you rather have Gritchick or O'Neal? I think Gritchick and O'Neal are the Spider-Man meme. You know really? the meme I'm talking about? Yes, where it's just two Spider-Mans pointing at each other. One of the Spider-Mans might be a little faster. Spider-Man? But Spider-Mans. Okay. And uh for <laughs> the most they're, well they're multiple their name is Spider-Man yeah, and yeah, it's, right. it's a prop it's not now. Spider-Man. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um yeah. And Tyler O'Neill might be a little more athletic and a little faster. He might steal two more bases over the course of the final 30-something games. But I think they're very similar. Uh, O'Neal might be one of like seven players in baseball with worse plate discipline than Randall Gritchick, but I think he might have even more power. Okay, uh, so you're going uh, so to take Spider-Man and uh, Scott, <laughs> O'Neal, or Gritchick? I'll shoot for the upside, which I believe belongs to O'Neal. Chris, do you have hey. the results? Yes, so my Tuesday standout is Carlos Carrasco, who has been very good this season, while <laughs> facing the 84th highest opposing OPS out of 143 pitchers who have thrown at least 80 innings. Uh, his average OPS so that's, against... That's, in the, that's below average, 84 out of 143. I mean, his average OPS against has been 727 for the opposing batters. That's not like batting against him. That's their season line. The average is 724 for this group. He has not had an, 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 an especially easy or difficult no, time. I'm just saying he has, during his last 11 appearances, 10 starts. Take the whole... I, I just think you take the whole season. That's fine. He's and had a Carlos Carrasco fine. season. Yes, this is exactly what I'm saying. He's Carlos Carrasco. He's not... He, he's got a 213 ERA and a 16% swinging strike rate in these 10 starts. I don't want people mm-hmm. to think... And I think that they might. Because I, I know how fantasy analysts work. Scott, you do it all the time. Look at what he did <laughs> in his last 20 starts. He was this amazing. Uh, He's I gonna carry I that over. I wouldn't do that with Carlos Carrasco. Yeah, I just who's like kind of line into being a very normal Carlos Carrasco. Season. Last four, last four seasons: three sixty-three ERA, three thirty-two ERA, three twenty-nine, three thirty-eight. More than a strikeout per inning every time. Very few walks. Okay, so that's he's, fine. That's he's who been he is. Carlos Carrasco. That's who he is. You watch what's gonna happen. People are gonna draft him higher. I, of course, <laughs> I reserve my my, my rights to change my mind. Christian Yelich is a standout. He hit two home runs. He is the number six outfielder in points. Number four in Roto. Is there any reason why he's not a total stud next year, Christian Yelich? Uh, I mean, the fly ball rate's still terrible, but better than it. Fewer ground balls, I should say. Not okay. more yeah. fly balls, but fewer ground. Balls. You see the and, home run to fly the thing ball was, rate. Like, oh my God. Even even though he was always a terrible fly ball hitter, he still had good power production on the road during his time as a Marlin. So. Yeah, I think it's I think it's playing out exactly as hoped, and he'll be top ten outfielder, I suspect, going into next year. He he's been a little lucky, you know. Maybe he should hit twenty three home runs over the course of the season because he has a thirty percent home run to fly ball rate. Maybe he should hit two eighty five instead of three ten. 
but you add it all up and like Christian Yelich over the course of the last three seasons has been really, really good. And there's no reason to think he wouldn't be next year. He does have a 32% home run to fly ball rate. That's crazy high, but still, I mean, top, top six outfielder right now. Uh, yeah, I think yeah. there's a chance he gets overdrafted. All right. He's safe though. That's the nice thing I like about Yelich. Sure. You know, he's so, he's so, he's got a diversified portfolio of skills. Steal some bases, extra base hits, good batting average, good plate discipline. All right. Anyway. SeatGeek. The SeatGeek app is another Tuesday standout. I use the SeatGeek app all the time. I'm constantly on there looking for the best prices. You don't have to go around and compare because SeatGeek's going to get you the best prices, but I've actually done it because I, you know, I, I like to be honest when I give these reads. I like to be, be honest when I give these ads, and I can tell you that I've looked at events on, on multiple sites, and SeatGeek really does come back with the best prices. Because they search multiple sites, and they pull in results from multiple sites, and they grade every ticket based on value. And SeatGeek gives you 20 bucks off your first purchase with the promo code FANTASY. So look for an event. It's a great time of year to go to a game, right? It's baseball season, football season. NBA is not that far away because the NBA doesn't have an off season. Uh, I think hockey still exists. I know our Canadian listeners just hated me. But anyway, concerts, comedy, theater, every purchase fully guaranteed. I use SeatGeek all the time, and you should really do the same. And your first purchase, knock $20 off with the promo code FANTASY. Again, the code is FANTASY. SeatGeek, life's an event, and we have the tickets. All right, back to baseball. Here's the easiest question of the year from Ben at uh, fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. Ben says, would you rather go into the finals way ahead in the rankings and lose in an unlucky matchup? Or limp into the playoffs and then win three coin flips and win the championship. Can I answer this question with a uh, with a movie quote with a drop? Oh yeah, sure. Let's see if I can get this to work. Oh okay. It don't matter if you win by an inch or a mile. Winning's winning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nice, dude. What, obviously. What movie is What's that? that? What movie is that? Fast and Furious. Come on. Never seen one second of any <laughs> Fast and Furious. They're they're delightful trash. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, team, and I mean that in the most loving way possible. Team name yeah. Tuesday on a Wednesday, delightful trash. Yeah, of course, Ben, you win the league. Who cares what you did in the regular season? You know, the Seattle Mariners did not have the greatest season in baseball history because they set the wins record. They freaking lost in the playoffs. And that was the last time they've been to the playoffs, I think. Yes. As a Braves fan, I do want to say, I can take some enjoyment out of, uh, Good season that doesn't end in a championship. Oh yeah, yeah. I, it's not as good as winning a championship, but I still feel pretty good about myself. Not in fantasy. Uh, no, in I, fantasy, I could see I still that. Feel I feel pretty see, good about myself. I could see that, like if I had like 15 division title banners hanging up, but like I would have rather been a Braves fan in the 90s than a Marlins fan, even though they won the same amount of titles. Uh, but if the Braves had won well, not in titles, fantasy. well, the Marlins won more than one. Uh, well, if you if you go into the next decade, which right. the Braves were still winning during, uh, but anyway, no, I feel good. Like if I have a season where I'm the highest scoring team, and you know, I I just happen to have bad luck in the playoffs. I mean, I'm annoyed, I'm frustrated, but I still know I had a good year. Sure. I don't feel like I need to be changing my approach or anything. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm pissed. Uh, yeah, I, I know, but you can look back and, and give yourself a pat on the back for having a nice year. But you don't get a you don't get a ring with that pat Not on the back. No, it's definitely better to win. All right, it's worryometer Wednesday. Worryometer Wednesday, zero to ten. How worried are you about Charlie Morton? Zero to ten. 
Maybe I like a five. Yeah, not, you gotta be a little bit worried. Yeah. So, uh, three non-quality starts in a row, and uh, just kind of that ERA keeps creeping up. The strikeout rate keeps creeping down. It's velocity down. To the, it's not to the point of like sitting him. His velocity's gone down as the season has gone on, but it's not like an alarm. It's one mile per hour from April to now. It's oh, that's nothing. Yeah. Yeah, like it's 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 happened. It's not really like a, a huge deal. Uh, he's changed his approach a little bit. He's gone more sinker heavy uh, in the month of August. Maybe that explains some of it versus the four seam fastball. We know that the uh, the Astros are, are are a team that you know prefers the four seam fastball, especially elevated in the zone. So maybe that explains it. I I don't know. Well, I think you know what's what I noticed about him. It, like, let's just take the last two months. Charlie Morton has a on Baseball Reference point eight two ground ball to fly ball ratio, and then if I take a look at the first three months up to June twenty sixth. So it was .82 in the in the last two months, first three months. Sorry, doing this on the fly. It was 1.15. So he, even though he's getting, even though you say he's featuring the sinker ball, he's not getting the ground balls. Yeah, uh, that I find interesting. Although the last two starts have been better. Uh, yeah, right, and so over the last five. 15 starts, he has like a 3.70 ERA. That's higher than you'd wish, but it's still usable. Five for Charlie Morton. Uh, Ken Lee Jansen, who stopped taking his heart medication. He said his medication was making him kind of tired, and that contributed to his poor outings. And then, yeah, he was fine yesterday. He just gave up two runs on three hits in a walk uh, in a non-save situation. Ken Lee Jansen, zero to ten. Is that the reason he stopped taking it? Yes, yeah, so the doctor told him that he, he was fine to Uh-oh. not do it. It did sound a little crazy to me, but <laughs> yeah, it's... I'm not really worried. I'm like, I'm like a three. Alright, Kenley Jansen. Chris? Yeah. Chris? I, I would feel more comfortable answering that question if I was a doctor. Cause I don't know, like I don't know what the side effects of that medication are, what the, like I, I can't really answer that question. I, I hope he's fine. Alright. Jesus Aguilar on Worryometer Wednesday. Jesus Aguilar has started 10 games in a row, and he had a nice little stretch in mid-August, but overall since the All-Star break, Aguilar is batting 222. With five home runs and, uh, you know, good plate discipline, but not great. Four doubles. He's been crap. <laughs> uh, Worryometer on Aguilar. Uh, four. Four. I mean, I still think he's a good hitter. Did he have some correction coming? Yeah. And we're seeing that. But he does have five home runs since the All-Star break. That's certainly not a bad total. His playing time hasn't suffered with the additional the, the infield additions there so i i think he's fine i think he's must start still yeah so looking at his last 15 games or his 15 game rolling log on fan graphs like his fly ball rate is down but his line drive rate is also 29 percent over the last 15 games his hard rate awesome. hit rate his hard hit rate is down as well but over the last 15 games it's still 46 percent so maybe a little so, bit of an unlucky stretch I think, yeah, I think that probably explains it. You know, like his strikeout rate's not alarmingly up. I don't, I don't see any glaring warning signs. Okay, that's Jesus Aguilar. And, uh, next up we have Brian Dozier. Brian Dozier. Uh, interesting ways to look at this, uh, with Dozier, but what is your worryometer on him? 
I will go like a six, probably higher than Charlie Morton. Um, he's at like 240 now as a Dodger after getting off to a really good start with them. You know, the BAPIP is still lower than we're used to seeing, but he's not hitting for the power we're used to seeing either, and it's getting late. You know, we were waiting for that late-season surge. It hasn't really come yet. So yeah. I'm, a, I'm a little concerned. Okay, yeah, batting batting 213 in his last 16 games with the 649 OPS. Uh, Chris, Brian Dozier. Five. Five, okay. And finally, Madison Bumgarner. Look, seven scoreless innings yesterday, but... A 123 whip, 86 strikeouts, and 102 thirds. Like, he's got a 268 ERA. I don't know that if he his name were not Madison Bumgarner that anyone would be comfortable with him. So, Chris, worryometer on Madison Bumgarner. So we've had the Madison Bumgarner talk right. a few times. and yeah, more, more I than guess I'm like a six, but it's mostly because I'm – if you're asking me, like, worryometer, will he be Madison Bumgarner? Am I worried he will be that? It's a 10. I won't, I don't think he's going to be that. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. But I've accepted this new reality where Madison Bumgarner is no longer an elite starting pitcher. Yeah, you know, it's a shame that you actually did give a number pretty early in that because the Jesus Aguilar thing, you talked for quite some time and never gave a number, but I didn't have the clip queued up. You know up. what, Adam? Have you Why ever you given a worryometer number? Huh? No, I don't no. think so. You not... sit in your tower and you you, you, you sit in your aspersions. tower. Why don't you come down here on the ground and try to do this job, huh? Okay, sorry. Uh, Scott Bumgarner. Carlos Carrasco's a bust. Uh... <laughs> Will be a bust. No, I, I co-signed everything Chris said. Like, I think Bumgarner is a quality pitcher, particularly in today's landscape, particularly how he still pitches deep into games. I think five straight six plus innings and he was eight last time. You know, that's still pretty valuable, but he's not, I don't think he's an ace anymore. He's a less safe Zach Cranky. I would just like to say my worryometer for next week for Madison Bumgarner is at about a 6.8. He is at Colorado and at Milwaukee. And he's already been at Colorado once, and he did fine. Uh, and we know they're not, you know, the, the pitchers do well in Colorado sometimes. At Colorado, at Milwaukee, a little bit nervous about that, which is, you know, is saying something. All right, that's uh, your Worryometer Wednesday. Injuries, news, and notes. Mike Schilt is the full-time manager for the Cardinals. Seattle manager Scott Service cut his hair to match Edwin Diaz's hairstyle. It is pretty cool. You should check it out. Brett Anderson, in the most predictable news of all time, is on the DL with a forearm strain. Philadelphia acquired Jose Bautista in a very non-consequential deal, unless it keeps, unless like Odubel Herrera sits more or something. That would suck, but that's not going to happen. I don't know. <clears throat> Jed Jerko has a mild groin strain. James Paxton set to return on Sunday. Marcelo Zuna could be back this weekend. Uh, should be back on Saturday. Junior Guerra could be pitching his way out of the Milwaukee rotation because they have Zach Davies that they could replace Guerra with. Ross Stripling could be back this week. Do we know if he's going to be a starter or reliever? Ross Stripling. I assume he's going to be a reliever because that's what they were heading toward when he went on the DL. But as I've been saying, every time we talk about Walker Bueller, and I thought it was notable Walker Bueller pitched only four innings yesterday in his start, even though, you know, the result was pretty good. 
he's he can't have many innings left. He's he threw 98 last year, and uh, you know he probably is the one who needs to go to the bullpen instead of Stripling. And a little few more news items. Nelson Cruz started in right field at San Diego, and he homered, so that was cool. Kendris Morales sat. It wasn't even the NL Park yet, but he sat. You might get a really bad week from Kendris Morales. And uh, Luis Arias batted second, started at second base against Seattle for the Padres. And, Scott, you didn't give uh, any thoughts. You weren't on the podcast yesterday. Why don't you give us your quick thoughts on Luis Arias? Yeah, I feel like he's the kind of prospect that fantasy owners uh, may overlook. You know, he's been in the prospect discussion for a couple years now. Um, I think is only like fourth or fifth in the Padres system, but they have a lot of really good prospects. They have a really good system. Yeah. Um, he was 32 on Baseball America coming into the season. Yeah. Uh, so he makes a lot of contact. He hits a lot of line drives. It, sh- it yielded a high batting average throughout his minor league career, and I suspect it will in the majors too. But there hasn't been much power, home run power at all. And obviously that's kind of a prerequisite in today's game to be a fantasy asset. Uh, but I, I think back to Francisco Lindor. I think back to Ozzy Albies. I think back to even Glaber Torres, who had the same question about, okay, but where's the power? You know, Luis Arias has always had one of the highest exit velocities among minor league hitters. If he can figure out how to elevate the ball a little more, it could happen. He could be a 20-homer guy. I think it's feasible. Did you rank him? Rank him? Yeah, did you rank him? Like, is he in your rankings right now? Did you have a chance to do that? Uh, you know, I did update my rankings yesterday. I forgot to put him in. All right, well, let's rank him. Do that. Let's figure out where you. Yeah, I think he's just shortstop eligible right now, but he's going to gain second base, and that's his long term position because they have Fernando Tatis as their shortstop of the future. So So, he's probably going to be primarily a second baseman. Uh, All right, but would would you rather have shortstop? Would you rather have Jonathan Scope or Arias? I would rather have, uh, I mean, Scope like think, doesn't play that much. Yeah, I think Arias because of that. How about as Drupal Cabrera or Arias? I mean, as Drupal Cabrera's been doing nothing, I gotta go, I, I think I'd roll the dice on Arias there too. Chris Taylor or Arias? Arias, cause Taylor has playing time issues now. Jose Peraza. You know, Peraza's been surprisingly productive. I'll go with Peraza. All right, all right. We got a nice little range there. All right, we got bullpen news. Greg Holland got a save for Washington. Justin Miller, they were trying to get him the save, but he gave up two hits and a run in a third of an inning. So what the heck? Uh Also, Pat Neshek blew a save. He looked like he was getting that opportunity. In either bullpen, do you guys see someone worth owning in Washington or Philadelphia? I do. Greg Holland got the save for the Nationals yesterday. Obviously, he was supposed to be a closer coming into the year. And he's been really good since joining the Nationals. Good strikeout rate. I think only a couple walks, which was his issue with the Cardinals. Um, I don't think it's crazy to think all the problems they've had. He could take over that role. I could think of probably about five other relievers who are less than 50% owned that I'd rather have. Well, I also wanted to bring up Hector Neris, because Neris, since being recalled, 
He has gone seven and a third, given up three hits, no runs, with one walk and 16 strikeouts. So I, I think it's interesting that Nishek and Justin Miller were both used for save chances yesterday. They both blew their opportunities. Um, and maybe they get the next one. But it's a mess. Uh, but, but Neris is maybe someone worth speculating on because he's kind of righted the ship. And Holland, too. You're absolutely right. He's been very good with the Nationals. Uh, Will Smith and Dellen Batances both entered the ninth inning in tie games at home and both got the win and both were used as closers. I don't know uh, if that means in Batances' case that he is the closer, but he was used in that scenario. Uh, let's go to the next segment. Are you buying the breakout? Are you buying the breakout? Aaron Hicks, Matt Chapman, and Miguel Andujar. Chris, are you buying what you've seen from Hicks, Chapman, and Andujar? For Chapman, yes. I, I really, really like what he's done. I think he's kind of made a Josh Donaldson in Oakland leap. Not a Josh Donaldson in Toronto leap, but he's very good. Um, kind of feel the same way about Aaron Hicks. I think he's established himself over the last two years as just a really solid player who doesn't really he doesn't have any glaring weaknesses that make me think he can't continue to be productive. Someone who will have probably more value in Roto than head-to-head. Um, but actually walks a ton and doesn't yeah. out as much as you think. Um, yeah, I might have said the opposite, frankly. Well, uh, I like him in Roto Such just because he's, play discipline. he's going to steal 15 bases. He's going to hit, you know, if he plays a full season, he's going to hit 30 homers. Um, I, I think he's good. I think he might be a breakout candidate next year. I, I think he's probably not going to get the credit he deserves for how good he's been this season. In terms of head-to-head points per game, I want to say he's a top 10 outfielder this year. It's been a while since I've checked, uh, but I, I think that's true. Yeah, Aaron Hicks is overall number 21 in points, number 24 in Roto. He's only played 111 games. He's already set a career high uh, with 22 home runs. He actually has, I think, the basically... Yeah, he's his home road splits are almost identical this year. Um, last year he hit 12 of his 15 home runs at home. I figured he would be that kind of player, but he's, I guess, becoming somewhat of a well-rounded player. Andujar is so interesting. Since the All-Star break, Andujar is batting 347 with 10 home runs. He's really been one of the better players in baseball. Uh, his first 18 weeks of the season, he had three weeks out of 18 with more than 17 fantasy points. He does double a lot. He's got 37 doubles. Um, I put 12 triples. I think that's two triples <laughs> in, tw- in 121 games. Yeah, I don't know. I, I I don't I don't know if I'm buying Andujar. He's on an amazing well, stretch well, right now. Well, the BAPIP is fine. He doesn't strike out much. Um, my concern for him would be: is he really this good of a home run hitter? Because the fly ball rate's not so great. And but at the same time, home run to fly ball rate is 17.6, which isn't like. You know, it's, it's, it seems, it seems like something that could be sustainable. So, um, or it could be this, or it could be next year's Jonathan Scope. Like, I think that's, it could be legit or he could be that. He, he is, he's gonna sophomore slump for sure. Careful. What? Yankees fans are nuts right now. If you say anything remotely, not positive. If you if you say anyone even to belongs in the discussion for rookie of the year besides Miguel Andujar, it's just like 
47 bros from the Bronx who are just like, hey, I'm walking here. And it's ridiculous. So oh, they must terrible. not, they must not watch any of his fielding because he's just awful. Uh, what if you said Glaber Torres instead? No. Torres There's is making a nice one. little comeback there, but it's going to be one of those two. It's going to be Shohei Otani. It's not going to be Shohei Otani. Probably is. You know what? The most important thing is that next week I've got coming my way. Well, let me give you the choices. I want everybody to know the menu I'm looking at. I get to pick three of these. I won't read the entire description. This is my Blue Apron menu for next week, and I get to pick three of them. I'll even let Chris Towers pick. Spicy glazed chicken and honey butter corn. Pasta and creamy tomato sauce with summer vegetables. Pork fried cauliflower rice. Black bean and zucchini enchiladas. Mediterranean salmon. Mexican beef bowls. Roasted cauliflower. Crispy chicken tenders and mashed potatoes. I mean, I, I, I love me some chicky tendies. Uh, but I'm going to go with the Mexican beef bowl. <laughs> the Mexican beef bowl? All right. I Everything will okay, substitute. Scott? We get three of them, you know. So I will substitute the pork fried cauliflower chicky rice. Chicky tendies. That's, that's, that's right up there with rotete. Rotete. Adam's rotete. <laughs> Slangifying. And word. there is, I mean, Blue Apron gives you a nice rotete of fish, beef, pork, chicken. Pasta, their pizzas are unbelievable. Have you, like, when do you go to a restaurant and order black bean and zucchini enchiladas with cheddar cheese? Uh, you know, it's a great vegetarian option. So many great recipes on Blue Apron, and you need to get, you need to get signed up right now. I absolutely love it. Go to blueapron.com slash fantasy baseball. Blueapron.com slash fantasy baseball. Another added benefit is I really learned how to cook, and I really enjoy cooking now. Um, I sent three free meals to Chris Towers, and he enjoyed the hell out of them. So I think you're all going to love Blue Apron. BlueApron.com slash baseball. It's affordable. It's less than $10 per person per meal. It get deli- gets delivered right to your door. It's delicious. It's variety. And uh, there's no uh, there's there's nothing quite like it. BlueApron.com slash baseball. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. I don't think I mentioned you get your first three meals free at that URL. Uh, BlueApron.com slash baseball. There we go. Thank you for picking my meals, Chris Towers. Let's have a Max Scherzer segment. Are you guys seeing anything here in Scherzer that concerns you a bit in his last 12 starts? He has a 13% swinging strike rate. It was 18% his first 16 starts. ERA is still great. Strikeout rate is good, but it's not Scherzer-ish. Anything Scher- here? Scherzerian. Yeah, it's not. A, this is a Scherzerian segment. Or Scherzerian section. Damn it. It was perfect. Shazarian section of the podcast. <laughs> Are you seeing anything uh, in Scherzer that concerns you at all? Adam. Yes. No. Okay, good. Moving on. Moving on. None up. Three down. Any of these guys over-owned? Ender Inciarte at 86%. He actually is batting 307 since the All-Star break, but his point production mm-hmm. just isn't there. I'm wondering if it's playing time. Uh, he hasn't. Um, they've faced a lot of righties, so they haven't had it. We they were, we really haven't had a chance to to test how much they're going to sit him for Adam Duvall, who's just done nothing since joining the Braves. Uh, but the fact he he has one stolen base That's, and three chances yeah. since the All Star break. Yeah, the correction was coming for the batting average, but without the steals, it's pretty fringy. Carlos Gonzalez had eighty percent owned. Yeah, I mean, how many leagues are daily? And then how many are five outfielder? And then you start adding it up, and it's probably a little too high, but there's probably, you know, it's 
it's August 29th. Let's be honest. There are probably some teams who are not paying attention. There are probably some seasons that are done. Oh, yeah. uh, so, you know, that that could explain some of these overrun players. Gonzalez uh, has a, about a thousand OPS at home, so keep that in mind. And finally, Taylor Ward. Taylor Ward is 51% owned, batting 182 so far with 15 strikeouts in 13 games. Is he overowned, Taylor Ward? No. He might be underowned. Catcher's just that bad. Yeah, you gotta so you gotta try your hand at the guy who's playing every day and had awesome numbers in the minors. Yeah, and the strikeout rate is weird because he's only swinging and missing seven point three percent of the time, but he's striking out thirty one percent of the time. So I think he probably just needs to be a little more aggressive. That was a weird way to say aggressive. Aggressive. <laughs> uh, four man rotation. Now, why are these guys in the rotation instead of fringy starting pitchers? Because they are owned in more than 80% of leagues. Uh, Lance Lynn, Clay Buckholtz, Julio Tehran, and Walker Bueller. How many of them deserve to be owned in almost every league? Lance Lynn, Clay Buckholtz, Julio Tehran, Walker Bueller. Bueller for now. I mean, I have that my concerns about how long that's going to last. Bueller, that was great. Uh-huh. I didn't even mean to do that. I just naturally sound like Ben Stein. Uh, Clay Buckholtz, I would add to that group. I'm not sure Teron doesn't, but, man, he's scary. I think he has the lowest BABIP of any starting pitcher, too, just to pile on the concerns. Teron? Yeah. So Buck, Bueller and Buckholtz, definitely. Teron and Lynn there, they probably deserve to be in the fringy starting pitchers in terms of ownership. Yeah, Lynn has had some really good matchups and hasn't taken advantage of them. I mean, he faced Toronto and he faced Miami and had one bad inning in each of those starts. Detroit this weekend, so I'd still like to start Lance Lynn at home against Detroit. Uh, we'll see after that. But look, I wanted to start him yesterday against the White Sox and it wasn't that good. It wasn't terrible, but it wasn't that good. No, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't good. Fringy starting one, pitcher. One out shy of a quality start. Feel much yeah. better if you got that out. Uh, yeah, but a lot of base runners. Uh, Eight, yeah. eight and five and two thirds. All right, fringy starting pitchers. Who do you want? Anthony DiSclefani, Kyle Gibson, Matt Nullenboyd, Jacob Junis, and Felix Hernandez. DiSclefani, Gibson, Boyd, Junis, Felix Hernandez. Scott. Gibson's still my favorite of this group. I would own him over Tehran or Lynn or maybe even Buckholtz. Um. Oh, he's been awful though. I know he has. That. I know he has, but it's still a good swinging strike rate. And I mean, awful's overstating it. The last couple of starts have been bad. Um, last five starts, five twenty-eight ERA, and only, yeah, only twenty-one it's strikeouts. Just a couple of starts, but twenty-one bad, strikeouts right. in twenty-nine innings. Mm. All right, you're talking Thank me down. You. I'll take Buckholtz over him. Okay. All right, let me let me, talk me into that. Last thing about Gibson, he's at Texas this weekend. It's a tough, tough matchup. But if you stick with him, he's got the Royals at home next week. So maybe you. Be okay starting him there. Yeah. All right, Gibson, DiScafani, Boyd, Junis, uh, Felix. Jacob Junis might be, yeah, might deserve to be back on our radar. Just been... one home run. Sorry, his, Just one home yep. run in his it, last it, five starts, I think, and it was that was after that awful stretch in the middle of the season where he was giving up three home runs every start, it seemed like. Three homers and eight starts since the All-Star break. He's actually been pretty awesome since the All-Star break. 47 strikeouts to 12 walks and 45 and a third. Uh, that's with a 40, uh, 346 BABIP and he still has a 318 ERA. Um, getting a few more ground balls. He's in the like 45% range in that span. Um, which is 
better. That's going to help him keep the ball in the yard, and his home run to fly ball rate has normalized over his last eight starts since the All-Star break. 47% ground ball rate and 8.8 home run to fly ball rate. So, you know, still an above average strikeout pitcher. He's doing a, a lot well right now. Mm-hmm. I think what's obvious with a guy like Ender Inciarte, who'd always been like a 22-ish steel guy, and a guy like Jake Junis, is that when you see a player overperform in a particular stat, like steals or home runs allowed, they are then due to underperform to get them back to a more normal pace. Exactly. So, uh, okay, there we go. Uh, I was just going to leave if, if that was going to fire, if you were going to start that up again. We've got emails and tweets, and we got today's matchups, and Scott's going to get out of here. Scott, though, Jacob Nix and Philip Irvin uh, in deeper leagues, do you like either one? I like Irvin more than Nix. Nix throws a lot of strikes, but there is nothing deceiving about it. Complete game with no strikeouts. Complete game with no. One it wasn't a complete strike. game. It was eight and a third, I think. Uh, almost a complete. Give game. him a break. I, I expect the people who are angry that I said Carlos Rodon is not good to also throw on the caves for Jacob Nix because all that matters <laughs> is results. Nerds. Nerds. Love it. Nerds. Bring it in. All right. All right, Scott, today. get out of here, dude. Bye, Scott. Well, it's about time. Now let's read some emails. Emails, ladies and gentlemen. This is from Kevin. Elvis Andrews has a 435 OPS in the last two weeks, 643 over the last 30 days, sub-150 batting average last two weeks, and he hasn't been a source of speed at all. Is Elvis Andrews droppable? It's been a frustrating. I wonder if he's just not 100% healthy. Uh, he missed so much time because a lot of the peripherals look like they did last year, uh, but the results just haven't been there. And if he's not running, that's a big part of his value. Like a big part of why I liked him was he seemed to take a step forward. He was going to probably hit 15 homers and steal 25 bases. He has four steals, and there's no yeah. sign of him turning it on. So I'm fine with dropping him, actually. I have the hiccups, everybody. I'm not sure if you're hearing that. I apologize. Boo! Thank- oh, all right, we're good. This is from FUD. Since you are all so down on Carlos Rodon, can you give me some names of fringy starting pitchers that we should be starting instead of Rodon? I'm going to say something that might sound crazy. You ready? Yeah. I think I might prefer Lucas Giolito to Carlos Rodon. Yeah, I can't really... And he's doing some stuff. He is, but he's also had like three awful starts amidst his good starts. Yeah, yeah. But over his last six, yeah, his his ERA is still high. But he's getting a, a decent number of strikeouts, I think like 25%. He's cut down drastically on the walks down to 7.3%. Um, throwing his two-seam fastball more, throwing his changeup more. Throwing harder, changed his arm slot. I, I just think there are more sustainable signs with Lucas Giolito at this point than Carlos Rodon. I don't know if I'd be more willing to start him, uh, but that is my bold take. Lucas Giolito will be better than Carlos Rodon for the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. Okay, fine. Uh, <laughs> a few more. Uh, well, look, I, if, I don't want to start Lucas Giolito, so I guess... That means I don't want to start Carlos Rodon if I'm listening to Chris. But uh, all right, uh, look, I don't know if I, I have what am the, I saying right now. I don't know if happening. I have the moral turpitude. Is that the right word to to not start Carlos Rodon with the way the results have been? 
turpitude. So I, I'm I'm a coward. Is okay. What I'm saying. Uh, just, you were a coward. Ten team points league. This is from Frank. Zach Godley and Tyler Glass now are on the waiver wire. Both are two start pitchers next week. Are either worth picking up? And who has the most upside rest of season between Godley and Glass now? Both are worth picking up. I think I'd rather have Glass now, but it might depend on the matchups. Um, I, I think Glass now is just very good now. Yeah, I, I think Scott, you know, would be a little concerned about Glass now because he's not throwing quite as many strikes. Let me look at the matchups for next week. Godley has the Padres and the Braves at home. And Glass now has the Blue Jays on the road and the Orioles at home. So both have good matchups. Yeah, I, I would like to start Glass. And, and I'm pretty much at the point where I'm starting him. Uh, you know, even with a few more walks, like he hasn't had a bad start in terms of walks yet. Uh, this is from Rob in East Brunswick, New Jersey. Dear Sam, Diane, and Coach, or Woody. Yeah, Chris is too young. Uh, yeah, that's, that's, oh, come on. I watched Cheers. <laughs> I'm in second place in my head-to-head categories league, daily categories. The playoffs start next week, I'll have a bye. Jake Bowers has been horrendous. He's in my utility spot. Should I see if Bowers breaks out of the slump during the bye week? Should I move on? And if I should move on, should I drop Bowers for any of these guys? Melky, Renfro, Nick Williams, Aledmus Diaz, David Dahl, Trey Mancini. Melky, Renfro, Nick Williams, Aledmus Diaz, Dahl, and Mancini. I am not moved to drop Jake Bowers for any of those guys. I would rather let him see what happens in the next week and then go from there. Yeah, if there were one, it would be Dahl. Yeah, I'm just not sure he's going to play as much. Yeah, he sat yesterday, and that was with a DH. So, uh, This is from Joshua, 5x5 five five Roto League. Six teams make the playoffs. I think it's red-headed categories. Uh, top two get a bye. I'm in fourth place. I've had trouble all year with saves. I've recently lost Will Smith. Um, wait, recently losing Will Smith hurt. No, Will Smith is still there. You still have him. Should I punt saves and drop Jefferson Yates and hope for saves? Or go off... I mean, this is just an email that needed or, to be proofread. Or go all go all in on starting. Should he punt saves? Too. He's got. It seems like he has Will Smith, Jeffress, and Yates. I don't know that you need to punt saves. I don't know if you need to punt saves, but man, Kirby Yates has been hurting you a lot. Got saved uh, yesterday, and, and that's the concern for me is he doesn't have a big track record. He might just not be that good, and he might have just had a good three months. And uh, this is from John in Peoria, Illinois. He was uh, talking about our plate discipline discussion from yesterday. Another guy to watch in 2019 is Nick Madrigal of the White Sox. He was the best hitter in college baseball and the number four overall pick. Still has to develop some power. His OPS is really low. But he has four strikeouts and 128 minor league at-bats. I see the White Sox having Madrigal up in 2019 opposite Yoan Moncada. He does. He has seven walks to four strikeouts. Incredible. And no home runs. Yeah, that, you know, Alex Bregman, I think, had a, a similar stretch where he wasn't hitting for a ton of power early in his minor league career. Madrigal was a, a contender for the number one overall pick in, uh, I believe, this most recent draft. So there's certainly tons of talent there. Um, I'd be surprised if he's up with the team before, like, June next year because he's only in high A, but wouldn't surprise me if he starts in double A, and once you're in double A, 
You're you're a phone call away. Oh, is that a is that like a what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas thing? Exactly. Once you're exactly. in AA, you're a phone call away. Okay, Chris, Alec Mills threw five and two thirds, one run ball with eight Ks against the Reds last time out. Today he faces the Mets and Jason Vargas. Are you starting either guy, Mets and Cubs? I I don't think I am. No. Trevor Cahill at Dallas Keuchel. Um, I'll, I'll start both. Oh, really? Yeah. Because Cahill yeah, sure. has a 6.92 ERA on the road. That's fine. There's no reason to believe that he can't get strikeouts and ground balls outside of the O.co Coliseum. Michael Fulmer's at Daniel Duffy. I'll start Fulmer. Erasmo Ramirez at Joey Lucchese. I don't think I'm starting either of those guys. Trevor Richards at David Price. I'm starting David Price. Carlo Gio, Gio Gonzalez at Jake Arietta. I'll start Arietta. Ronaldo Lopez at CC Sabathia. I'll start Sabathia. Ryan, we're up all night to Barucki at Alex Cobb. I, I don't love the idea of starting Barucki, but I don't hate it. Freddie Peralta at Matt Harvey. Peralta. Adam Plutko and Cole Stewart. Pass. Uh, bullpen day for the Rays and Sean Newcomb for the Braves. Newcomb. Yeah, you gonna start him? Yeah. Yeah, I know the Rays have been hot. I know Newcomb's been up and down. But you gotta, you gotta dance with who you came to the dance with, Adam. Yeah. Yeah, you do. It's a good point. Uh, Alex Wood at Mike Miner. This is a really tough one. I own both of these pitchers in my head-head categories league, and I am torn. I don't think I would start Miner. I'm okay with starting Wood, uh, but the Rangers are not a very good matchup, even against lefties, despite how many lefties they have. Yeah, like, Miner has been very consistent lately. Uh, he has given up two or fewer earned runs in five of his last seven starts. And let me see what those matchups are. I really want to figure but out. But one of those other starts was five runs and two and two-thirds, and the other one was four and five and two-thirds. So he's basically had like a four-three ERA in that span or something. Yeah, about four. Yeah. Now, if you go back four more starts, I would guess he's got an ERA around three in his last yeah. like, ten or eleven starts. Uh, all right. I, I'm, that's going to be a game-time decision for me. I just don't know. That's also tough because he might only throw 75 pitches. Mike Miner? Yeah. Trevor Williams at Miles Michaelis. Michaelis. And Zach Godley at Derek Rodriguez. I would start both. All right. All right. So no love for Trevor Williams, who has been super hot. I just – maybe there's something I've missed. But I just don't see any reason to believe that he's taken a big step forward. I think he's – Pretty much a league average innings 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 eater kind of pitcher, and nothing that I've seen has changed that. Everybody have a wonderful Wednesday. We're back on Thursday on Fantasy Baseball today. See you later. Yeah.